Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a hard fact of life that life can be hard. That might sound like bad news, but the good news is that therapy works and BetterHelp can help you find a therapist to do what you need to do to stay on track. Therapy is whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Whatever you need, BetterHelp can help. I use therapy from time to time to help me sort through challenges, emotions, or just to ensure that I'm on track for the things that are important. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. And special offer to Man God Law listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash mangodlaw. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash mangodlaw. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Dylan was, he was a revolutionary, man. The way that, the way that Elvis freed your body, Bob freed your mind. This is Bob Dylan about man and God and law. If it made sense at first, it wouldn't be the work of Bob Dylan. And if the impressions, or the impressionism, of the work did not hold and meld and shift and cure themselves over time, then it would not be the work of Bob Dylan either. But so it is. Next to green playing fields and a paid parking lot that doesn't easily take payment, I approached a brown building in the South Florida sun. Two college students sat in sturdy metal chairs at a table in the lobby at the crease of an angled window and a concrete wall. It was a weekend afternoon in March at Florida International University, 
and there was hardly another person in sight where a collection of Bob Dylan's work, work as important as any painter of his age, if not for the paintings themselves, but rather because of the artist who painted them, offered a frame to begin looking one last time at Bob Dylan in this, the final season of this podcast, Bob Dylan about man and God and law. Maybe you've heard about the book about man and God and law, the spiritual wisdom of Bob Dylan. It drops wherever books are sold on May 3rd, and I hope you'll read it. I welcome you to find out about in-person and virtual events at mangodlaw.com. This podcast has been a lot of work, but a labor of love. And it's through the theme of work, works of art, soul work, creative, obsessive, life-affirming work, that we launch this final season. Teacher and student, boredom and decay, the endless embrace of the natural world, working, just working, because he not busy being born is busy dying. That's how we'll take on Bob Dylan and his work. In writing the book, I came to understand that profound empathy, even radical empathy, in asking himself and ourselves, how does it feel, lies at the heart of Bob Dylan's work. That's the desert island value of Dylan, not to be stranded, that ultimately no one is ever a complete unknown like a rolling stone, as long as there is empathy, there is hope. But even deeper than this, I learned about Dylan's incredible commitment to work as a working artist. His ethics, yes, his radical ethic of empathic, embedded empathy. We'll be highlighting the essence of Dylan's work ethic and the ethics of his work this season in a series of conversations with writers and thinkers who have written authoritatively about some of Dylan's peers and Dylan himself, with Leonard Cohen's biographer and esteemed rock critic Sylvie Simmons, with Azan Yadin Israel, who has written on the spiritual work of Bruce Springsteen, with Catherine Lofton on the work of Dylan and pop culture generally, how they do the work that religion may be too tired to do. David Yaffe, who has written on Dylan and 
has also written the authorized biography of Joni Mitchell. He'll help us compare the work of these peerless peers. Seth Rogovoy will track the work of the Beatles, and specifically the friendship and musicianship of George Harrison in Dylan's work. And Scott Warmoth, whose work on how Dylan works may be the single most stunning analysis of Dylan of them all. He'll work through his theories with us too. And finally, we'll turn to a very special guest whose take on Dylan's work points to a surprising direction for the work of popular music to come. Every picture tells a story, don't it? The pictures, the metalworks, the drawings at the Frost Museum in Miami. These are the frameworks for another go at Dylan's work. We begin with his art, and maybe at this stage of his creative peak, everything else follows. Welcome to episode one of season three of Bob Dylan, about man and God and law. I'm your host, Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Let's get to work on Bob Dylan and work. Oh, the streets of Rome are filled with rubble. Aged footprints are everywhere. Norman Rabin was a painter, the son of Sholem Alechem, the Yiddish writer whose gritty stories about Tevye the Dairyman's scraping for life and purpose in the old country inspired a little show called Fiddler on the Roof. We've talked about it before. And and you know and you'll recall that Dylan found Rabin running a small art school on the 11th floor of the building housing Carnegie Hall. That's the venue where Dylan had performed his first featured New York City concert some 13 years prior. When I paint my masterpiece For an intensive two-month period in 1974, Dylan was the rock star fiddler on the roof studying painting with a teacher, he says, changed his life. As Dylan tells it, Blood on the Tracks, which some have called his greatest album, did consciously what I used to do unconsciously. I knew how to do it because of the technique I learned. I actually had a teacher for it. Painting seems to have impacted Dylan deeply in recent years, and Certainly in the last decade, he has spent much more time in the art studio than the recording studio. That's not to say that he hasn't been hitting the boards hard for music, but in terms of imagination, from the doodles in his notebooks in the 1960s to the immersion in painting of the 70s, vision and sound are partners in filling Dylan's imagination now more than ever. When I paint my masterpiece Don't you wonder sometimes about sound and vision? Blue, blue, electric blue. That's the color of my room where I live. Blue, blue, pale blinds drawn all day. Nothing to do, nothing to say. Blue. Blue, I will sit right down, waiting for the gift of sound and vision, and I will sing 
waiting for the gift of sound and vision drifting into my solitude over my head. Don't you wonder sometimes about sound and vision? Well, we do. We do. We do wonder about sound and vision. Those are David Bowie's words in the song, Sound and Vision. Bowie is another artist, like Dylan, whose visual attractions merged with his musical attractions. The most astounding thing about the exhibition of Dylan's fine art in Miami is the sheer volume of it. Not the sound, of course, but the volume that goes up to 11. The sheer amount of art, the volume. Someday everything is gonna be different When I paint that masterpiece The amount of art that he has created in the past decade alone, even in the past few years, is astounding. COVID-19 provided large blocks of forced time to sit and work. Many of us used the isolation of COVID to hunker down on long-delayed projects or pick up new ones. I got a book and podcast about Bob Dylan out of the deal. For Dylan, who already must have had a disciplined schedule and space to paint and sculpt and draw, COVID upped the creative ante as well. Hundreds and hundreds of hours are on display in Miami. Add to this his time on stage, tour slated to run through 2024, and add to this the stunning rough and rowdy ways the 2020 album, his 39th recorded in the studio, released between paintings and sculptures. Or was it the opposite, that he painted and sculpted between writing and recording? It's not clear. It's not clear if there's an end to his capacity to create while he still can work astounding. Here's an artist who has, at the age of 80, almost 81, an appetite to make things that presents itself as nearly insatiable. And this is incredibly inspiring. The ethic of creation and creativity is so strong, and he just doesn't seem to get bored. Sign on a window says lonely Sign on a door and no company allowed Sign on the street says you don't own me Sign on a port says three's a crowd Sign on a port says three's a Sign on the window says lonely. Sign on the door says no company allowed. Sign on the street says, why don't own me? Sign on the porch says three's a crowd. Build me a cabin in Utah. Marry me a wife. Catch rainbow trout. Have a bunch of kids who call me pa. That must be what it's all about. It's not uncommon for Dylan to turn to mundane domesticity as the answer to life's questions. That comes up in... John Wesley Harding in Nashville skyline heavily because he was deep in family-building mode then, but it also comes up as a tension throughout his career. 
always looking for home, for peace, and more often than not, not finding it. And yet, when it comes, something like the soft ebb and flow of day-to-day life is the gentle answer, though perhaps only a temporary one, to all of the signs that come up and come upon us and mark us and make note of how hard life can be. Like David Bowie of Sound and Vision, Dylan often finds himself in a room, a hotel room, a studio, a rehearsal room. But rather than waiting, he's living, sometimes with the kids in the trout, but most of the time with his memory, with the worlds he carries. Is that boring? Build me a cabin in Utah Marry me a wife it's rainbow trout Have a bunch of kids who call me say sing while you slave and I just get bored. So Dylan sings in Maggie's Farm. That's a song that gets a lot of play around here. What's it mean to sing while you slave? What brought Dylan's grumpy hustler to the farm in the first place? It must have been the farmer's daughter, Maggie, and a desire to settle down, to rest in the soft bosom of home with the kids and the wife and the cows and that trout And here comes a dichotomy that Dylan seems to bulldoze through, the split between being trapped in domesticity and the call of the road, or at least the call to create. Father or artist, worker or free spirit, homebody or no body, boredom or enchantment. Walking the floors of the exhibition, it was hard to imagine Dylan spending much time at all just sitting and thinking without brushes, or a welding torch when he's not eating, drinking, reading, loving, or playing music, playing with his grandkids. He must have consciously enslaved himself to work in order to do that much work. Boredom does not seem to have been an option. And some of these canvases are huge. Now, what do they depict? Yes, there are some portraits, but the main categories are two. Painting after painting of otherwise nondescript scenes of mid-20th century stasis and decay, old motels and bars, shops and street corners, the simplest, cheapest, least glamorous places you could ask for, enshrined with a loving eye, places for flipping a quarter on a corner, places haunted by the characters painted by the songs of Tom Waits, places for rereading the newspaper you've had tucked under your arm all day, waiting for electric blue inspiration underneath an electric blue buzzing neon sign. Kind of still life America where nothing really grows or changes suspended in time. The other category presents a contrast to the man-made synthetic spaces that Dylan's brushes make beautiful. These are scenes on canvases wrapped and enwrapped with nature. Nature's voice makes my heart rejoice. 
play me the wild song of the wind. A grand bright sunset over mountains looming over an empty road somewhere in the west dominates the center wall of the main exhibition floor in Miami. There is not a human sound or vision in sight in this vision. We've listened to Dylan's 1963 ode to Woody Guthrie, Last Thoughts on Woody Guthrie, more than a few times around here in the past few years, and here's how it closes. And where do you look for this hope that you're seeking? Where do you look for this lamp that's burning? Where do you look for this oil well gushing? Where do you look for this candle that's glowing? Where do you look for this hope that you know is there and out there somewhere, and your feet can only walk down two kinds of rows, and your eyes can only look through two kinds of windows, your nose can only smell two kinds of hallways, you can touch and twist and turn two kinds of doorknobs. You can either go to the church of your choice or you can go to Brooklyn State Hospital. You'll find God in the church of your choice. You'll find Woody Guthrie in Brooklyn State Hospital. And though it's only my opinion, I may be right or wrong. You'll find them both in the Grand Canyon at sundown. And that's the painting. A self-portrait, perhaps, or a portrait of Woody in a way, or of the self Dylan senses beyond his or any self, a church, a teacher, nature, and human nature, but dominated by nature in all of its glory. On the one hand, his body of work presents sad people passing the hours in sad bars, behind bars, frozen in time, in commercial venues that nearly sigh themselves as they present a sign that says lonely, no company allowed. And in the other, in the other essential category of his work, there is a world without people, but for the set of eyes that sees it, that reflects pristine majesty and nobility, that Dylan somehow sensed in Woody, something transcendent, something at sundown. There's an evening haze settling over town, starlight by the edge of the creek. The buying power of the proletariat's gone down. Money's getting shallow and weak Well, the place I love best is a sweet memory It's a new path that we draw They say low wages are reality If we want to compete abroad My cruel weapons have been put on the shelf Come sit down on my knees You are dearer to me than myself While I'm listening to the steel rails hum Got both eyes tight shut Just sitting here trying to keep the hunger from Creeping its way into my gut Meet me at the bottom, don't lag behind Bring me my boots and shoes You can hang back or fight your best on the front line Sing a little bit of these working blues. Born in time, born again, born under a bad sign, born to run. In Hebrew, 
The word for creation comes from the very beginning of all things in the book of Genesis, Bereshit, Yatsar, Litzol, Yitzirah. Creation isn't just making art. Creation is making a person out of nothing. Maybe a rib, maybe dirt, but something elemental. Yatsar. And later, those same letters get mixed up a bit, held in a different order, and Yatsar becomes Tziul. Tziul, which means a painting. Same letters, same power and passion, same magic. Same taking of elements and giving them a visible form. That's the work. Indeed, the word for work. The word for work in Hebrew also has an ancient valence. Avodah means work today, any work. Any working person uses it. But it is derived from the word avodah used to describe the sacrifices to the divine in the temple. Work meant one thing at the beginning, giving back to the creator for what the creator has created. Making an image today, just as the Bible teaches us we were created in the image of God, is an echo of that original making of us. Yitzirah, Tziur, Avodah, all work is elemental. All work reflects the ultimate work that brought us here. Now to close this meditation on Dylan's work, we'll take a little of this and a little of that. Here's Working Man's Blues number two. Just the last two lines from each verse. And then the chorus. They say low wages are a reality if we want to compete abroad. I'm just trying to keep the hunger from creeping its way into my gut. Sometimes nobody wants what you got. Sometimes you can't give it away. I sleep in the kitchen with my feet in the hall. If I told you my whole story, you'd weep. Tell me. Am I wrong in thinking that you have forgotten me? I still find it so hard to believe that someone would kick me when I'm down. I'm guessing tomorrow the sun will rise. I hope the final judgment's fair. Some people never worked a day in their life. They don't know what work even means. Meet me at the bottom. Don't lag behind. Bring me my boots and shoes. You can hang back or fight your best on the front line. Sing a little bit of these working man blues. What are Bob Dylan's working man's blues? The world is so much bigger than me. I'm afraid to be hungry, that no one will want me, that no one knows my sad tale, that no one cares. Or do you care? How could it be? All that's left is mercy. I'm a worker, he says. So I work. So work with me, he says. Empathize with me. There goes that work ethic again. What is David Bowie's electric blue, his sound and vision? What do we work through and how do we work? Dylan's answer is to get to work, to mix up the medicine, the elements of creation, just as the creator has done, and do the work in the spirit of those last thoughts on Woody Guthrie with the vim and verve of a young man painting through the colors that trace an essence of transcendence through boredom and infinity at the same time. You can hang back or find your best on the front line Sing a little bit of these working bad Inside the 
the museum still in one sang, infinity goes up on trial. Voices echo, this must be what salvation sounds like after a while. If you work, if you make your life's work to work, to create, to embolden and embody work of the self, if you seek imagination, it seems, as we look at Bob Dylan's work, you won't ever slave and you won't get bored. This has been episode one of season three of Bob Dylan about man and God and law. Visit mangodlaw.com for information about upcoming events, past episodes, and more about the book about man and God and law, the spiritual wisdom of Bob Dylan. That book is available now wherever fine books are sold. Next up, we have a conversation with David Yaffe. He is the author of Bob Dylan, Like a Complete Unknown, and Reckless Daughter, A Portrait of Joni Mitchell. We are going to be talking about Bob Dylan and Joni Mitchell as peers, as painters, as competitors, and as peerless musicians in their era. You're not going to want to miss this conversation with David. Look for it on April 15th. We are proud be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Check out all of the stellar podcasts for music lovers at PantheonPodcasts.com. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Daniel Arnoff. Thanks for coming and see you soon. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com 
Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.